Welcome to Have the Edge podcast for business leaders and entrepreneurs. Every week we share content to add value to you and your business. Today we will discuss a topic that you do not want to miss. Your hosts today are experienced coaches, speakers and trainers from Have the Edge. Please check out business services we offer by visiting www.havetheedge.org. Are you an entrepreneur? Visit our website to subscribe to Entrepreneur Space. And today, um, we want to talk about this, um, you know, uh, we want to talk about uh, what is coaching and what is mentoring and what is perhaps counseling. I mean, you you heard those words being thrown around uh, pretty much every single day. Um, and you have coaches for this and you have counselors for that. And uh, most people, I, I, I talk to many people, okay, as, um, as a leadership and growth mindset coach, um, I talked and I interact with a lot of people. I used to interact in person. Now for a few months, I've been interacting like most of you um, through the uh, wonderful world of virtual uh, reality. Uh, but um, uh, most people I found have a misconception and they really don't know exactly uh, what is a coach. I mean, what, what, what does a coach do? And, 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 and is coaching the same as mentoring? I mean, that's another terminology. And, and what about counseling? I mean, what, what is a counselor? And so today, I think that we are going to clarify or at least give it a good try at clarifying these uh, concepts. So um, I, I know that the three of us, I mean, we are coaches. So uh, l- let me go to first, I mean, to Anna. And I mean, for you, Anna, uh, I mean, you've been doing coaching. So, so what do you think coaching is all about? All right, so I've been asked this question so many times, in fact, real story there was a situation where i went into um corporate executive coaching and team coaching and i've been asked by the managing director if i could counsel as well so i had to answer answer that question and explain those concepts more than concepts more than once and rather than going into all of them at once i'll probably focus on the coaching and how it differs from all the other interventions well, for a start, we as coaches, we do not really give advice. We believe that all the answers are within our client and then they can create their own journey, set their goals and find ways of achieving those goals. So we do not give advice. We do not tell our clients what to do for the same reasons that we do not give advice. You know, our clients find the ways to accomplish things that they want to accomplish. So we don't tell them what to do. So that's really the two main differences, I would say, that set coaching apart from counseling or, you know, mentoring and all the other interventions. And another one I will mention, it's not 100% one, but most of the time, well, let's put it this way, very, very rarely do we ever go into the client's past. It's not about exploring the past and healing the wounds. It's all about actually looking into the future, being constructive and taking a step forward one day at the time. Yes, there are instances when we do look into the past, but we are looking for something in the past that we could take forward 
and use it building our future. And it's always something positive, not anything negative. So that's in a nutshell, the three biggest set apart, so to say, when it comes to coaching and all the other inter interventions. I don't know, Rick, did you want to add anything to this? I don't know what I could possibly add to that. That was, that was great. I would say that uh, there is a time where a coach might intentionally slip into a teaching role or maybe a counseling role, but really only doing so intentionally and with the client's permission to do so. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because there may yeah. be times when, when the, you, a coach is generally going to ask questions and the client truly has no idea what you're talking about or is even coming close to what you know they, they know, but they're just not saying it, they're not getting it. And uh, might be okay occasionally to say that you're going to teach into a, slip into a teaching role and, and maybe do a slight bit of teaching and get back into coaching, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know, I can see that it's not just if you've got different areas of expertise away from your expertise in coaching, you will be using that to help your client. And I'll give you a good example. Yes, there are some coaches who are counselors and they might mix the two, you know, slipping in from one to the other. Um, I have got areas of expertise in fitness. So what you are saying in terms of teaching the clients, yes, sometimes I put another hat on because my clients in the middle of the coaching session, they absolutely have to have some information on nutrition because what they are putting together as a plan for them to go forward, I can see it's going to crumble and fail unless I give them that information now. And the same comes to fitness and you and me, Rick, we're both our behavioral consultants. So again, in the coaching session, if you can see that you can help your client to overcome something or create a better plan by educating them on their personality style and their behavioral preferences, you're going to go ahead and do that. But you know what I do? I, I draw a very clear, line, I always say, do you know, I, I have some information I would like to share with you that is not part of our coaching session, but I think it will help you. Would you like me to do so? So by, by asking them that question, you draw a really clear line that you're actually not coaching them. And of course, I've got so, to cover it all as well, because as soon as you start mixing them up, you know, you have to make sure you have insurance for all of them, you know? <laughs> right, right. right. So, so definitely, so definitely we can see that in, in, in the coaching, you know, uh, every time that I look at, at coaching and, um, uh, and I do coaching is, is that, um, relationship between the coach and the coachee, um, uh, that is really, um, such, such a, su such a great relationship when you can find a client or, or when there is that synchronicity between the coach and the client. Um, now, <clears throat> I know that in the coaching um, intervention, uh, there are uh, boundaries that I guess you cannot cross. I mean, there, there are things that um, when, when a client trusts upon a coach and you begin discussing uh, topics that are uh, perhaps in some cases uh, extremely personal, 
then then when it comes to coaching i mean what what are some of those boundaries and and uh, that, that that cannot be broken because i mean if if you break that trust in that relationship then it is it, just is it's just the end of the relationship almost immediately so 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 how do you maintain that relationship um uh session after session after session well here's a piece that um could be an interesting quandary if a manager or a leader in an organization brings in a coach for some of their high potential employees it might not be out of line for the manager to think, well, I want normal, regular progress reports. Uh, okay, but <laughs> the, the coaching environment has to be confidential and focused on the, on the employee, on the client, really a true client. Okay. And the, the manager has got to know that you'll get a progress report through the results you see from that employee. If after a result of coaching, you're not seeing improvement, well, then I'm a horrible coach and you ought to fire me. If on the other hand, you are seeing improvement, well, then that ought to be all you need to know about uh, what the client's going through, uh, what their particular issues were, how we're resolving them, how we're helping, uh, how, how we may be helping them see better. So. There is a confidentiality that just has to be maintained. Otherwise, the doors are closed and you cannot get into where you need to go with your client. Mm. That's, that's, that, that's really a very important point. I mean, when you actually uh, do, because that, that, that uh, uh, certainly clarifies the distinction uh, that uh, there is between a coaching within a corporate kind of environment and uh, individual coaching, let's say, outside of that environment. I mean, just 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 doing a coaching with a client um, uh, outside of a company. So 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 how how do those two scenarios um, uh, are perhaps? I mean, what are some of the similarities and the things that are uh, different in those scenarios, Anna? Yeah, so it's a very good point that Rick raised. So when you go into the corporate um, and executive environment, it's different ballgame altogether because you start off with a freeway meeting in the first place and you observe the body language, you observe if there are any issues in that, re in that relationship that's happening in front of you. And of course, company can set, um, you know, coaching to coach their employees, if it's an employee coaching, let's say, as an example, to coach them towards a certain company agenda. And you have to make sure you focus on coaching that client towards that agenda. But just like Rick said, absolutely everything that is shared in the session is totally confidential. And that is discussed in that three-way meeting and made very, very clear. So again, I agree with you, Rick, the results speak for themselves. Uh, but you can discuss company agenda and how quickly it is moving forward in that respect. However, everything else, including what the client has said, uh, you know, and has shared cannot be shared outside of the session. And of course, in that three way meeting, you do get the permission of the client explaining that it will be totally confidential. However, 
we will talk with your management to give them an update on your plan towards progressing to, towards that business agenda or business goal. So that's something that we make it clear because, and that's a difficult relationship to manage because there were times I actually turned down the job because I was told I'll have to report exactly what was going on in the meetings, which is absolutely pointless because that means your coachee, they are not going to be open and honest with you and share what's stopping them progressing towards that company agenda quicker or maybe more efficiently or maybe managing team whatever it might be it's different in all the businesses and actually i would like to take one step back uh, back towards what you mentioned alejandro in terms of managing those relationships so i think certainly in the corporate environment you have got to make sure you set very clear boundaries with both people the one that's going to be paying for the coaching and they want something out of you and out of the client and the client so that you manage expectations correctly and then second thing i will say as well in terms of confidentiality yes we do maintain confidentiality 99% and that's 1% that 1% is if the client shares that they're going to uh, you know rob a bank that they kill somebody uh, you know, or anything of that kind of criminal, anything criminal. So, but what I do yeah. uh, I, every single time, you know, when we go through the agenda for the day, I make it super clear that as always, everything is confidential unless you decided to kill yourself, rob a bank or kill somebody else, you know, steal something or whatever. So I just make it very clear that yes, it's confidential, but there are times that I might be sharing your information with somebody else if there is a danger to your life danger to someone else's life um you know or you're going to commit the crime or you did commit the crime so those are the that's, exceptions that's the one percent <laughs> that's that's that does it i mean that's that's a great point i mean to uh to bring up um now um let's let's let, let's take this example for instance and i don't know whether you rick or anna uh, you have been involved in that but uh, of course we can do coaches uh, we can do a, a coaching sessions one-on-one -on -one with the client, but also their group coaching sessions. Um, now, uh, do you think in terms of effectiveness of what you can get out of a coaching session, do you think that coaching one-on-one -on -one is more beneficial than a group coaching session or do you think that they 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 have equal weight i mean they they they're the same or 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 why why would you need to do a group coaching as opposed to one on one um i mean who whoever wants to go first can i just <laughs> jump in with with the corporate thing rick if you don't mind so right. in corporate environment you don't really go in and coach a coach a group of people as a coach you do it in a workshop environment perhaps outside of businesses mm -hmm. um, or, or maybe when you are teaching coaching skills a group of people you, yes you then group coach it will, it will never be as effective as one-to-one -one coaching i can tell you that right now <laughs> definitely not <laughs> uh, but you do coach groups uh, in in form of teams in organization and i love group coaching and I love group reviews, but the group coaching is most a team. So you treat the team as one person because they're all working towards the same goal. You're just deciding who is going to do what, how, uh, when, how they're going to get to that goal quicker as a whole, as, as a, you know, the group of them. Uh, but what I find the most fascinating in the, in, in the team coaching is that I've, I've seen so many breakthroughs happen. You know, so many conflicts getting resolved because bit by bit, not straight away, but bit by bit, they're able to have and develop, first of all, and then 
have that open communication where instead of holding grudges, you know, not being happy because the boss didn't reply to the last email or team leader didn't reply to the last email, they actually sit in the group and they say, you know, when it comes to your communication, I just would like you to respond to me every time or respond to me, not in the subject line, like yes or no. And you just say, hey, hope you're having a good day. And those things we don't speak about. But when you do those group uh, team coaching uh, sessions, that's when that communication starts to happen. And I love to just sit back because that's when I do the least work because everybody else takes over and, and you are an observer and you kind of pull them in the right direction now, now, now and again. But I've never done a group coaching, not team coaching, a group coaching with uh -huh. businesses. I don't know about you, Rick. How about you? Have you had an experience like that? Well, I have, and I would, I would not have, it's interesting, I would not have made the distinction between a group and a team. I would have considered the team the group. So outside mm -hmm. of the team, I agree that getting a bunch of people together into a group to do coaching, mm -hmm. when they don't have a common goal or a common purpose, really doesn't achieve that much to me. Yet when it's a group that's a team who has a mission to accomplish something, I absolutely agree with what you said. That's when it's it's useful to treat that team as a person so that you're looking at the team's performance and what are the dynamics going on and getting the team members to address their particular piece of that dynamic so they can improve as a whole. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yes, um, and and then um, uh, one, one other thing that um, um, I heard uh, perhaps a little bit of complaints from some people uh, who say, uh, you know how in coaching um, uh, you, you have uh, perhaps uh, different philosophies. You have, uh, on the one hand, you have the philosophy that um, there should be uh, specialties or coaching specialties. Um, I mean, like a life coach, uh, a spiritual coach, um, um, uh, a, a workout coach, um, and any other kind of a coach, like a smiling coach, a happiness coach, uh, uh, I mean, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and then there's the other philosophy uh, that, um, that says that if you have the uh, understanding, I mean, if you um, have been certified as a professional coach, then you can, you can go into any industry and you can coach anyone um, without uh, having any specialty because what a coach does, a coach really doesn't have to know because obviously if, if, if for a coach to be a good coach, you have to know about every industry in the world, I mean, that would be impossible. I mean, the, the, then you would not have any coaches. And so um, the coach doesn't really have to know or have a deep knowledge of um, uh, the, the happiness and uh, this other topic or life or whatever, because a coach is just um, really getting from the client, the information that that he or she needs. Um, so we are not doing any teaching. I mean, we are not doing any facilitating. So we are just extracting information directly from the customer, from the client. And who knows 
I mean, if you are coaching a client who is an athlete, then who who knows better about athletes than an athlete himself? <laughs> so, so what what is your opinion about uh, do do we need to specialize or 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 can a coach really coach over a wide spectrum of industries? Anna. Okay. So, have you ever read the inner game of tennis by Timothy Galway? All right, great. Well done. We do tend to read the same books, don't we? So they, uh, in the book, if you've read it, and, and Ricky will remember this, they conducted the experiment. So they um, invited professional golf players to teach a group of average golf players how to teach golf. And then they had another group of average golf players, and they asked coaches to teach them how to play golf. And guess which group? ended up making the most progress. Of course, the one that was coached by coaches, because that group of tennis players, they were more motivated to do better because they were in the feedback loop. You know, they gave themselves tips on how they think they could have done better, rather than being told by other really good players what to do, because we don't like to be told what to do. How many times people pay for advice? And they don't take it, you know, because there is no ownership of the progress. Uh, but when it comes to coaching, the client owns it. Coach doesn't take the credit. Everything that client achieves, the credit is theirs. It's not ours. It's not because we're so good at something that we do and we're going to show them how to do it. And then we're going to say, hey, I did it. I told them how to do it. You see the difference. And, and that, that probably answers your question, actually, on, but I would like yeah. to go a tiny bit further, if that's okay. Um, so that really answers your question, but uh, let's talk a little bit about niching. Now, when it comes to coaching, whether it's corporate coaching, face-to-face -face coaching, doesn't matter what kind of coaching it is, um, the people don't buy coaching. Be it a business owner, be it somebody who wants to start a business, they don't buy coaching. What they buy is a goal. They want to achieve something. They invest in results. Now, if you open yourself as a coach to everything, because we can, in theory, you can coach anyone. It doesn't matter. We don't have to have any expertise in any area to get people what they want. Uh, but, but what you have to think about is, again, they buy the results. Every single niche will want different results. So if you don't tell them what results you can give them, you know, how can you sell your services? Which means you're letting your public down. So that's why coaches need coaches niche because then they can tell their potential clients what is the results they're gonna give them. Because then client can buy the results, they can buy a goal. But if you're wide and opening yourself to everyone, you're gonna have hard time helping anyone. Because imagine me having a conversation with you and you wanted to lose weight and I'll go, hey, you know, I'm a weight loss coach. I can help you with that. And then you go, well, do you know what? I'm not ready for it. But I was also thinking about opening a business. Oh, I can help you with that too. <laughs> How credible are coaches? Not very credible. And that's why coaches niche. But in theory, yes, absolutely. We can coach anyone. So that's what coaches can do. doesn't matter which industry. Yeah. Sorry, Rick. What so what, yeah. so what, 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 is your, what, what is your opinion, Rick? I was going to jump right into the inner game of tennis. I was going to do it. <laughs> you would have so probably would done it better, Rick. <laughs> no, I couldn't so, possibly so, have done it better. 
So 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 that so that means Rick that Anna beat you on the serve. <laughs> oh, nicely done, nicely done. You know, I agree totally uh, that that yes, in theory, a coach can coach anyone, and I agree that business owners, people who buy uh, our services, don't buy the coaching; they buy the results. I absolutely agree with that. And what I what I worry about, for the same reasons that Anna says, is that. If you try to appeal to too wide an audience, nobody's really going to hear you. If you think about the advertisements we get on television, they are incredibly targeted. These people know what they're doing, and they're looking for a particular customer or client for a particular service. They know who those people are. So, for me, the key is although I can coach anyone in theory. I need to go where my heart is. Who do I, who do I really want to help? Where, where does my heart lead me? And let me get good at relating to those people, so that I can get better at coaching them through uh, whatever they need. It really starts with the relationship, and the, the closer the relationship and the bond I can form, the more effective the coaching is going to be. Yeah. I agree um, with Rick now, on that. Yeah, sorry, can I just say, uh, uh, Rick, I completely 100% agree with you on that. And what you will find, if you haven't already, is that you end up coaching a leader, coaching a CEO, and you end up coaching them on parenting. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. really, you know, you end up coaching them on, in all sorts of different areas. Unless it's an employee and you have an agenda in front of you, you are a little bit more restricted. But if the leaders hire coaches for themselves, you end up coaching them on different subjects at times. So yeah, you still yeah. go in all sorts of different areas anyway. Well, you know, guys, um, um, I think um, if, if you think that we already exhausted the topic of coaching, uh, we are just even beginning to scratch the surface because there's so much more, I mean, that we can talk about coaching. but. Uh, let me let me just perhaps I mean turn the page a little bit and go into uh, mentoring, and um, and I'm going to share with you something that I just recently read. It says mentoring has many similarities to coaching, yet involves sharing experience, being a sounding board, drawing on one's own journey to encourage and equip another on theirs. So uh, right there, we can see the, 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 the dramatic difference between coaching and mentoring, because in, in all the conversations that, that, that we had about coaching, uh, nobody said, I'm going to share my experiences with, with the coachee, I mean, with my client, okay? That was, and that's, and that's definitely one thing that a coach is not supposed to do, okay? But yet, when we put on our mentoring hat, then that comes into the equation. I mean, a good mentor is someone who uh, draws upon his or her own experiences to um, encourage another person, uh, and, and that is what mentoring is about. So, uh, Rick, let, let, let me start with you uh, now. What, what, what do you see as a benefit that mentoring has uh, that perhaps, I mean, is not the same as, 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 uh, as coaching? 
Sure, I'd love to take that. I think mentoring is a uh, mentor can can show the mentee where the landmines were for the mentor. So on my journey, here are the lessons I've learned. Here are the places I went that I wished I hadn't done. And here are the places I wish I had done. Now, the mentee has to take that with a grain of salt and, and figure out how does he apply the mentor's experience. He can't just do what the mentor did because that might have been 30 years ago when the mentor did it. Times change, people change, cultures change, everything changes. And what worked for me within my culture in my organization all those years ago might not work for this younger person in a new generation with a new culture that thinks completely differently. So I can still share my experience, but it's really, it's really up to the mentee to glean what they can from that. I mean, I can help as a mentor, but ultimately they have to internalize it and draw their own conclusion from my experience. So, so, so basically, I think that what, um, uh, what, what I'm listening is the fact that mentoring is more than, is, is just like um, uh, uh, giving someone, it says, read this book, okay? Um, but you can get the lessons that you think are important out of that book. You don't have to accept everything that is in the book. I mean, just, just sure. you, I mean, you exercise your own um, thinking and then extract whatever is going to serve you and you can discard all the rest. Is, yeah. is that, is that right? And going back to the, the book um, analogy, similarly, I can tell you what the book means to me and I can tell you what lessons I gleaned out of it, and maybe right. that will serve you and be useful to you, but ultimately you have to decide. So what about you, Anna? What, what is your perspective on uh, mentoring? I, I love how Rick described it, by the way. I think it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Made me smile. Yeah, it's very much like, um, let me give you an example. You're going on holiday somewhere. A coach will say to you, what are you gonna pack? How cold is it there? When are you leaving? When are you booking the ticket? How are you gonna do it? Who else is gonna go with you? Okay, so that's a coach. A mentor would go, hey, let me tell you when I went on holiday 10 years ago. <laughs> and off they go. So that's a difference. That's a great, that's a great um, uh, an analogy. And I, I tell you, yes, and that's, um, and, and I think, now, do you think do you think that in, in a in a business environment, um, do you think that um, is coaching better than mentoring? Is mentoring better than coaching, or it just depends on the situation? Is is on a situational basis? I mean, what do you think that for a particular person, what is going? What 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 is the intervention? Uh, using I mean your your terminology, Anna. Uh, that is going to work more effectively. I mean, is it uh, how 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 do you how do you go about making a decision? Okay, so I would say that again, you have to assess the needs of a person. It's very much like you walk in as a coach and you start coaching mm. somebody, and me being mental health first aid, you realize that they've got mental health issues. So I'm not going to continue coaching them unless you know I refer refer them and they go on and get help with that, and then they get signed up 
by their GP or doctor or counselor, whoever is looking after that after them from that point. And I think it's very similar with coaching and mentors. If you go in as a coach and they're asking you questions more than you ask them, and they go, hey, but you're an expert here. You know, I thought you've opened your own business. For example, let's say you're coaching somebody on opening their own business. So can you tell me how? And if you continuously get in those questions, then you need to consider whether whether you should put another hat on and charge them a different rate. And again, ask yourself if you've got a good insurance because insurance rates will differ. Um, you know, so that's the main the main difference. I think people who lack in expertise or doing something, something completely new out and out of their comfort zone. If you have expertise in that area, of course, you can switch over to mentoring, but it's like assessing every person on an individual, on an individual basis. And I think, again, um, you know, if you are a mentor and you share the story and there is no progress and they probably need a coach because, you know, it's like reading a book and learning loads of stuff and then not using any of it. So you need a coach to make sure that you get yourself into gear and start taking action, you know. They could work either or, I think, um, both great interventions, both great, great stuff. Yeah. Now, now do, do you think that um, a mentor, just because mentoring is drawing on a mentor's uh, experiences uh, and background, do you think that a young person uh, is not well suited, I mean, to mentor another one because there hasn't been a there's a too lengthy a time to develop their own experiences and backgrounds. And so mentoring is more for uh, a more seasoned kind of an individual. Rick? I would say absolutely not. Being, being my age, I have, I struggle with some aspects in my business of just just of doing it, knowing how to, and getting motivated to do all the other business kinds of things that I need to do. I want to get out. I want to coach. I want to teach. I want to do that kind of stuff. I don't want to keep my books. I don't want to run the business. I don't really want to do any of that business stuff, but I know I need to. And I can use help from a young person who knows how to do those things and who has done it successfully, who, who I can take advice from. So it's all about knowing what what do I need and who has that expertise and who can help me with that? Excellent, yes. And, and so uh, moving into this other category that um, um, uh, which is counseling. And um, I, I remember, I mean, when I was, uh, or when I was just about to go into college, you have what is called this um, a career counselors or, 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 or those counselors that would, um, would guide you along your uh, four years of college career and so forth. But um, let, let me just read um, a definition of professional counseling and see, I mean, if that resonates with you. It says professional counseling is a professional relationship that empowers diverse individuals, families, and groups to accomplish mental health, wellness, education, and career goals. So um, I guess, I mean, uh, uh, let's, let's try to perhaps uh, unpack all, all that uh, a little bit. Now, as I was mentioning uh, uh, counselors or university or college counselors, 
I could see a reaction from Anna. So I'm going to go back to her to see, I mean, did you have a good or a bad experience with uh, college counselors, Anna? <laughs> I smiled for a completely different reason, Alejandro, because I actually <laughs> thought of my situation and I thought to myself, I needed one of them when I was finishing my school. Um, I don't know you guys, you are familiar, but I actually grew up in Lithuania. And this is where I finished uh, school. So I'm learned Lithuanian and Russian speaker as well. Um, mixed family, very mixed, uh, you know, lots of bloods there. Uh, but the point I'm trying to make is that there, I grew up in the village and career counselor, are you kidding me? Parents were just about affording, to, you know, to send children to school. <laughs> uh, so that's why my reaction was the way that the way that it was and uh, certainly for me I would have saved a lot of time probably by having a career counselor and given that I haven't had one because my career fluctuated a lot you know I went into studying Russian philology you know I've done a year at uni um, then I changed my mind you know then I moved to the UK uh, tried some promotional work I was good at it not really great in the family life. So I went all the way into accounting. <laughs> and then when I hit my thirties, I was like, I want to have my own business and help other businesses and help other people. You know, I, sh I would have gotten to this place much earlier on if I probably had a career counselor, uh, because when I give people my background, they're like, okay. <laughs> uh, so that's why I smiled, but I have got experience. I probably maybe Rick has experience with a career counselor. Now, uh, let, 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 me, let, let me share this. It says, counselors work with clients on strategies to overcome obstacles and personal challenges that they are facing. Now, in my case, when, when I hear the word counseling or counselor, I immediately, for whatever reason, my mind goes into mental health. I mean, someone, someone who is not really um, operating in life from a logical standpoint and has some issues uh, up here. So, what about you, Rick? I mean, what what do what do you associate when 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 you hear counseling or or or, or, or counselors? I hear lawyer. I just hear lawyer. Sam, <laughs> counselor. <laughs> I, I really do. I, I get that aspect of it. And to me, it's it's really it's really all in the in the approach that the different person will take to the client. A, a coach is gonna ask, what do you think you should do? What are your options? What would happen if? That's what a coach would do. A mentor would say, Well, here's what I did and here's how it worked for me. A teacher is gonna say, Here's what's done. And here's how it works. But a counselor is going to say, here's what you should do. Here's <laughs> what you should do. I see. So, so, so basically, and that is, that is a brilliant way of, of, of separating. I mean, this, this, this different interventions because a coach will never ask a close question with coaches is always the open question um what do you think um uh, i mean let's say someone comes and says um uh, I, I i want to i i want to lose weight and says okay well 
what can I do? And says, well, what, what, what? A coach is not going to say, well, you must stop filling yourself with hamburgers. Come on. No, 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 no. That's that's not what a coach will do. I mean, a coach will will ask a question. Says, well, what? What, what do you think that you ought to do? I mean, what are some things, I mean, that you could do, I mean, to, 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 to reverse that and so forth. So a coach is challenging a person to think about things. But like you said, I mean, uh, a, a counselor is going to say, you should do this. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know, but to me is the language of imposition you should do this why haven't you done that and we come to the to, to what anna was saying that nobody wants to be told <laughs> what to do so so do you think based on that do you think that counseling really actually works or 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 or, or, or it doesn't <sighs> I'm going to have a biased opinion on this one. Okay, and, um, we tend to make biased opinions. <laughs> yeah, I, I am very much about empowering other people. And I'll just ask my husband literally yeah, how I react when he tells me what to do. I will not just not do it. I'll do the opposite. You know? <laughs> so uh, just from the standpoint of not liking to be told what to do, unless I genuinely ask for help, uh, then for me, the coaching always, always wins because, and I don't associate it with mental health, by the way, um, you know, as opposed to how you associate with, with mental, with mental health, I probably associate it with indecision more than anything else. Indecision and not taking action, probably, you know, perfect, perfect customer for somebody like a career counselor. Um, you know, and I haven't, ha I haven't had one, but um, in my opinion, there will also be a lot of education going on on different career paths as well. So for an individual really not having a clue what they're going to do, that educational part might be actually really super useful, you know, about internships, about different processes of how to get into different, different jobs that they want to get into. Um, yeah. But I'm a coach coach. You know, I think we can, now we have internet for all of that. We can find everything out, you know? And yeah. uh, if you have got the willingness to do that, then you only need the coach so that you do it yeah. and you do your own research. And research is something that, I mean, we have got all the information right now at our fingertips, you know, including education, all sorts of courses, even free ones. You can uh, really go, go and please yourself. We don't live you know, like we did 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, you know? Um, so coaching for me, very biased, but coaching for me. How about you? Excellent. Richard? Yeah. Let me, let me take a, a little bit of a different twist on that. I understand what you're saying and I agree with you, but as you were talking, I was thinking of it from a little bit of a different aspect. I cannot be counseled unless I've given permission to be counseled. So, mm -hmm. Somebody who's telling me what to do might be doing any number of things, and we can call them all different kinds of things, but counselor would not really be one. So the difference for me, uh, I'll give you a recent example. My accountant told me what a horrible job I was doing with my books, and I was. I'm doing a horrible job with these things. She's got a mess to figure it out. 
So I've asked her for advice and she's told me, well, this is what you should do. I asked her for the advice and she was able to tell me what I need to do to achieve what I'm trying to achieve. So that to me, she wouldn't call herself a counselor. She'd call herself an accountant, but she counseled me into what I needed to do. Now, if you're coming up and telling me what to do uh, in, in maybe a, a non-solicited kind of way, we might call that bullying. We might call that racing. We might call that any number of things, but I probably wouldn't call it counsel. I think that gets at what you're saying, Anna. <laughs> I, think, I think it's, you know, with counseling, I think that's where our opinion uh, differed the most. And again, I'm speaking from my understanding. Um, yeah. I just know as a coach, obviously, how coaching differs from counseling. But now you're asking, right. what is counseling? For me, that's what it means. And for Alejandro, it meant totally different thing. And, and Rick had a completely different spin on it. So I just find it fascinating, those discussions. And um, yeah, do you know what? I will point that out to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do unless I ask you to. <laughs> he's into counseling, but maybe he's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Hey, hey, Anna, we, yeah. we, we don't want in these discussions, I mean, we don't want to uh, um, enhance any kind of a family, internal family problems. I mean, that, that's, that's not our, our intention here. <laughs> family coaching. Exactly, exactly, yeah. In a moment, we will be talking not about counseling, about therapies, no? Maybe that's another... <laughs> Maybe, maybe therapies is, is a topic for another discussion. But um, and now, um, as, 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 as we come to uh, perhaps like a close, like a wrap up of this uh, uh, session, um, I would like to take just a couple of moments to um, not address uh, Anna or Rick, but address you who are going to be watching um, this this session, if up until now you were completely confused about what a coach is, what mentoring does, and what um, counseling is all about, well, I hope that after this uh, relatively short discussion on the topics that we did not add more confusion to what to 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 the confusion that you already had but that we could dispel some of that confusion and bring a little bit more clarity into each one of these interventions and definitely let me just say one thing that even us with that that are coaches guess what we need coaches ourselves in order to get to the next level of evolution and development in our lives we i mean what a great thing is to bounce ideas and and and, and to really have a coach that can come alongside us and walk with us and give us that degree of clarity on what we really want to achieve. So, uh, before we before we just uh, really close this, uh, are there any uh, last words of wisdom from uh, both of you? Okay, 
<laughs> I'm raising my hand like it's cool. Um, yeah, just a couple of things, guys. So as you've seen in the pre-roll of this live, I am the last minute addition here. So I hope, <laughs> I hope having, having me instead of Omar today uh, hasn't taken away from the session. Uh, that's one thing. Another thing, if after watching this, you're considering on getting a coach, coaching your teams, coaching your employees towards your objectives, having a coach yourself, all you have to do is email us at info at havetheedge.org and then we will be able to dive in into where you are at, meet you where you are and see where you want to be and get you there. Because we have got the best coaches out there, guys, don't we? Excellent. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, <laughs> and, and you know, um, one of the beauties of of have the edge of, 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 of this of this group is that we are a very diverse group and, and, and diversity really, I mean, that's, that's my personal opinion, but diversity brings in so much value to the table. Okay. And and, and, also and, in terms of expertise as well, we've got, we've got that, experts, not just coaches, we've got behavioral consultants, uh, we've got great mindset coaches. Um, yeah. you know, we've got disc trainers. Um, you can purchase sure. disc reports from us as well. I mean, really, pretty much anything that you would like to be tailored to your business, we can do. Um, I think I think that um, I want to go before I turn the uh, the, the the platform to Rick. Uh, I want to add one more thing. Um, it doesn't matter where you are stuck. We can certainly unstuck you <laughs> we have we have the vehicles to get you unstuck and keep going on uh, on your journey so rick any 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 final words of wisdom and i know that you have plenty of wisdom my friend no it's gray hair <laughs> i'll say this on, on the theme of being stuck you can be stuck making twenty dollars an hour you could be stuck making $200 an hour. You could be stuck making $20,000 an hour. Now, nobody's gonna feel sorry for you if you're stuck at $20,000 an hour, but stuck is still stuck and stuck stinks. Mm -hmm. Very true. That's, that's exactly right, yes. So um, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. I mean, um, and thank you, Anna, and thank you, Rick. Um, it's always great, I mean, for me uh, to be sharing this content, I mean, with uh, uh, our listeners and uh, the, the people who are following us. It's always uh, a delight and a great privilege, I mean, to share information with both of you. Uh, and I keep, as, as I interact with you, I keep learning. You are helping me to elevate myself to the next level. And, um, and so thank you so very much. And to all of you, uh, thank you. And stay tuned because if you thought that this was great, let me remind you that the best, is yet to come. Take care, all the best. Thank you so very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to Have the Edge podcast. Please leave us a rating and a review. Visit our website at www.havetheedge.org 
to explore our business and entrepreneurial services. If you have any queries, please email info at havetheedge.org. And to keep up to date, please follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram.